So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. AEW Dynamite saw the go-home show for Full Gear. They do have one show ahead of time, but we got to see the contract signing between Hangman Adam Page and the current AEW champion, Kenny Omega. And it ended with a little bit of bloodshed. Plus, on NXT, Pete Dunne gets a win over the current North American champion, Carmelo Hayes, with a little help from Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano. We're going to dive into everything AEW and NXT tonight on The Debrief. What's up, everyone? It's Jose G. Enrico El Glorioso bringing you the debrief here on Sports Kita Wrestling. Somebody changed my brand. Let me let me fix this up. Uh, but guys, welcome to the show. As always, subscribe to the channel. We're well on our way over 23,000. Go ahead, hit like, share, and subscribe. Smash that notification bell. We got tons of content this week dropping ahead of full gear. We got a great interview with Ethan Page dropping later this week. We also got uh, the full gear predictions with SP3. And we got the post show going down Saturday night. So we got tons of content for you guys coming later this week. But before we start the show, Rico, what's up, broski? What, how you been? Oh, man, you know, it's getting closer and closer to the holidays, man. Uh, luckily, I got to show up to the Jaguars game, beat the Bills out of nowhere, 9-6. to six. Still love it. Uh, other than that, we are on the road to full gear with a lot of go-home math going down tonight. So, you know, could have influenced some predictions. We'll see, but we're going to talk about it in just a little bit. How you been, Jose? I'm doing great, bro. A lot of stuff to get into. Guys, engage with the show. Go ahead and hit that like button, the heart button, the angry button, whichever button you feel like pressing. Go ahead and engage with the show. So let's jump into AEW Dynamite tonight. We got to see the contract signing heading into full gear this weekend between Hangman Adam Page and the current AEW world champion Kenny Omega. And we got to see the return of one Don Carlos. Posing as the cameraman, Evil Don Carlos with the goatee, the like pin goatee. Yeah, with that Hollywood <laughs> fake goatee, knocking out Adam Hangman Page, busting him open, and Kenny Omega signing his part of the contract with Adam Page's blood. I thought this was cool. This was entertaining, uh, and kind of a surprise because I'm working on my thumbnail and I'm watching the show, and I'm like. Oh man, okay, he's back. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, but not not a bad way. I actually would have saved this contract signing for Friday. Oh, like right before the day before I would the have saved this for Friday. Yeah, but you know, Dynamite's the A show, Rampage is the B show, you know, it's the extra yeah, show, a little true. hour. 
that would take up too much time from the only hour that they have for Rampage. So it makes sense that they did it tonight. Uh, you're right. I found it very interesting. I like how Don Callis played into his old absence from AEW for the longest time. You know, he was hiding out. It was all this big plan for this moment right here for him to come back. Uh, but I thought the promo itself was really good. They dug, they dug a lot into their past, uh, not only here in AEW, but even elsewhere. You know, Adam Page, after Kenny was talking about, you know, him being tag team partners and tag team champions with Adam Page, Adam Page like, yeah, you also have one of your boys, too, that you used to tag team with, you know, the little golden lovers over there, Kota Ibushi, and we all saw what you did with him. And I feel mm-hmm. like you know, you've surpassed him at this point. But, you know, I thought it had a lot of good back and forth. And it seemed like I thought they were leaving on that cliffhanger when, you know, Kenny was like, you know what? I'm proud of you. Like, you know, it's like, finally, like, I had to do this in like, order to what bring are you this doing, Adam Page out, Adam Page out of you. This is not it's like, wait a minute. Omega. Hold wait on. A- There's too much time. What's going exactly. on? Exactly. And here comes Don There's still Cowles two minutes on the clock. They're not right. going to cut the live feed early. There's oh. still two minutes on the clock. What's that? Oh, there's Don. There's no, happy, there there's no is. nice happy ending like that. Get out of here. The, the cameraman <laughs> attacks Adam Page, revealing to be Don Callis. That was a fun ending to Dynamite. But we had an even funning beginning with Daniel oh, Bryan taking on New Japan's Rocky Romero. Oh. Puerto Rican, Latino, representing, as always, not only in AEW, but in New Japan. Hell of a wrestler, submission specialist. Dude, Rocky Romero absolutely killed it tonight against the American Dragon. Uh, But it wasn't enough to kill him because, man, Brian Danielson still on a hot streak ahead of full gear. He's facing Miro Saturday night. That is not a tough, that is not an easy task by all means. But what I found interesting about this opening segment, because I saw that Orange Cassidy's just hanging around next to Azúcar Rocky Romero, just to find out that all of a sudden Orange Cassidy is part of New Japan's chaos faction, yeah. and not only him, but Wardlow too. Like, what's go- did something happen over the weekend with all these AEW guys that I'm not that okay. I don't know about. So first of all, we have to take everything that they've been saying, not everything, but at least most of the things that the commentators say with a grain of salt, because they got a lot of names mixed up a lot of the times between the people that are in the ring. So going back on the social media, it was actually, uh, like you said, Rocky Romero was actually backstage and he did a little segment backstage with best friends, including Wheeler Yuta and Chris Atlander, where he officially invited them on behalf of, of Kazushika Okada to join Chaos. And, I mean, even though Orange didn't technically say yes, because he was like, wait, what's going on? Uh, because, remember, the best friends, uh, Chucky T and Trent, are already part of Chaos. So that's why uh, even Chucky was like, wait, I already, I'm already part of Chaos. I have the, the shirt and everything. Uh, but, yes, they essentially kind of agreed. So now Chris Statlander, Orange Cassidy, and Willie Yuta have now joined Trent and Chucky e. T and are now officially part of chaos of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I'm looking forward to see what these kind of matchups can be like whenever we get best friends in New Japan. Imagine having that tag team of Orange Cassidy and Okada or Orange Cassidy and Yano. Like if you talk about comedy wrestling, like those are going to be two really entertaining wrestlers to watch. I think that's a great way to get, t- you know, just keep that little forbidden door, just creaked open just a little bit whenever they decide yep. to pull that trigger. But this exactly. led into what you said was a really fantastic match between Azúcar, Rocky Romero, 
and the American Dragon, Brian Danison. I would love to see Rocky still perform more in AEW. We got to see him live when we were in Tampa for WrestleMania for the GCW events over there. I want to see more of this. He is mad chill. So I I love seeing him here in AEW. I want to see more of this. And especially now when you have like more submission specialists, when you have more technical guys like Rocky, like Brian, like uh, Bobby Fish, we're going to see later on tonight. Like you have the potential to have some really fantastic technical matchups. And this was the first one we got to start off the go home show for AEW full gear tonight. I thought it was a great way to start off the show. I agree. I agree. And, and a lot of the guys in the chat are, uh, are, are, are siding with us about that. Um, I just think that this, this was a really good matchup, not only for Brian, but for Romero too. Like, you know, styles make matchups, right? And both of these guys have very similar styles. And uh, and, and I think this was one of Rocky's best matches, uh, you know, and this is his debut match on Dynamite. So uh, love Rocky. Keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully we get to see more of him in AEW. Uh, but one thing that we didn't get to see tonight was the inner circle. At least we were supposed to see them, right? They were supposed to be having an interview with one Tony Schiavone in the middle of the ring. Uh, but the men of the year and America's top team attacked the inner circle from behind as the inner circle were making their entrance. Dan Lambert power bombs Jericho from the turnbuckle through a table. And then he puts the walls of Jericho and then gets on the microwave. He's like, it's called the Boston Crab, Crab. the real move in professional wrestling in 1975 made by Rocky Johnson, the original. <laughs> I yeah. think this is great. I think this was hilarious, oh, but this kind of gives the me perfect the, setup. Yeah, the perfect setup for the inner circle to take the win on Saturday. And by the way, if you guys want to tune in to the Sports Keto Wrestling Predictions, to, to set your notifications on because I believe that's going to be going down either tomorrow or Friday, right in the middle of the day. So just set your notifications on. And just to give them a little bit of a help, if they need to find out, you know, if they want, you know, just a little bit of an insider information when it comes to this prediction. Chris Jericho is going to tap out Dan Lambert. Like, they put it out there for us to see. Chris Jericho, he might, may or may not hit the Judas effect on Dan Lambert. I don't know if he's going to be able to take that hit. But he is tapping out to Chris Jericho on Saturday night. That is, like, one of the easiest locks of the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Um, what, what I found hilarious here, that Ethan Page at the end, both the Scorpio Sky, they start dropping a promo, and then he says... We're going to make sure that Dan Lambert pins Chris Jericho. This is going to be this is going to be funny. This is going to be hilarious. They're going to be winning. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. They're going to be winning like either Juno Santos cuz they really, you know, pumped up his power by essentially like laying out most of the guys in inner circle with a punch, especially Sammy Guevara. So he's going to get laid out. Chris Jericho's going to get laid out. They're going to tag in Dan Lambert to get the easy pin. And he's going to get submitted right then and there. Like, it's it's so telegraphed, but I want to see this happen. And that's what's so great about the promos from both of these guys, especially Dan Lambert. Again, just naturally really good at playing this persona. I want to see him tap out to Chris Jericho. I, I know what's going to happen, but I have to see it happen for myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quick side note, uh, since we're talking about MMA fighters and America's top team, so what, what, what was this guy's name? Covington, the guy that just uh, had a Kobe fight Covington. over the weekend. Yeah, dude. Did you hear what he said about AEW? Hey, oh, so, being a second so, real. Almost, so this is for you guys to tribalism in the chat. <laughs> all right. 
So Covington was asked, would you ever make an appearance, you know, an appearance in AEW since there's been, you know, members of your America's top team that, and he's like, first of all, no, if I'm going to go anywhere, I'm thinking about going to WWE. You'll never see me in a second tier wrestling company like Mm -hmm. AEW. Whoa, shots fired big time. I was like, whoa, what, what, what's your quick take before we move on here on on that AEW, on, on tonight's AEW Dynamite? Bro, you got to get a win first. I'm sorry. You cannot defeat <laughs> Kamaru Usman. You can't be talking trash about anybody being second tier because right now you're the second tier challenger for taking that help. That's how I feel. <laughs> All right, we had a video package. Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander going for their quarterfinal match, uh, quarterfinal match for the TBS title. Um, and then next we had Anthony Bowens uh, with Max Caster versus Jungle Boy. Max Caster dropping those bars yet again at the top. Um, but tonight, even, even though that Jungle Boy got the win, Bobby Fish just out of nowhere just attacked oh. Jungle Boy from behind um, for a while. It was like a few minutes. Like usually, when you see like attacks go on, usually if you got like a like a crew behind you, they'll come out pretty soon, right? Now there was like a few minutes of a beatdown from Bobby Fish, and I'm like, is is Luchasaurus not gonna come out and help him? Yeah, well, and, that <laughs> like how long? And, how long were you guys? Were you guys just waiting for him to just you know beat him unconscious? I mean, I don't know what you guys are doing, waiting so damn long to come out and help out your boy. But eventually, right, they came out. Bobby Fish heads out to the back. Uh, but what was interesting was what happened backstage. Yes, sir. Because Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, the Super Click, okay, are having an interview or a video segment. And Adam Cole is like, hey, you know that guy that's out there? You know, I could vouch for him. Bobby Fish, two out of the Uh. four members of the Undisputed Era, in the same space, video so frame, with the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks making a reference to the era that has been disputed, but now it is the 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 Super Click era. I just, Adam Cole's smirk on the face was great. So good. The references to the UE on NXT was great. Uh, and, and the fact that we have two halves of the UE <laughs> hooking up with the Super Click, I think this is... Ah, this is so good. And like every, I could see every mark at home and be like, dude, dude, dude. What's happening? I can imagine these guys doing that right now. Uh, I, I love how it, it makes total sense, too. After what happened with Christian Cage hitting him with the concerto on the stage last week, it makes sense for him to bring out a hitter. And being one of his best friends, Bobby Fish, who's officially all elite. So I thought it was a great way to tie this whole segment in. And I would not be mad of seeing a match between Bobby Fish and Jungle Boy, even though we know that at Full Gear we are going to get a six-man tag match, Super Click versus uh, Jurassic Express plus Christian Cage, which is going to be a good match. But I wouldn't mind seeing a one-on-one match between Jungle Boy and Bobby Fish, considering, you know, he put on a pretty decent match against one Anthony Bowens. So, you know, I like, again, they continue to tell all these storylines. They're kind of intertwining and, you know, just pulling them all together and just you have something to build off of. So even coming out of full gear, this is something that they can be jumping off of with Bobby Fish and Jungle Boy if they decide to do that. Uh, so I thought this was a great segment, especially, you know, rolling into the backstage, 
bringing in, you know, talking about, oh, yeah, we're the best team here. And that here, it's undisputed. It's not disputed here. Like all those little <laughs> subtle marks to NXT. This is great. Yeah, it was I great. thought it was fantastic. So uh, great job with connecting these two segments. Uh, but we did forget, there were, don't forget, there was a trios tag team match where we had the AEW Women's Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, with Jamie Hayter and Rebel going up against Anna Jay, Ty Conti, and Thunder Rosa. And man, again, talk about tying storylines together. They did a great job with this one here. Uh, all the ladies did a great job. I mean, really, uh, you know, it's setting up those extra storylines of knowing we're eventually going to get Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker. And again, they called it wrong again. They said, oh, this Saturday is Thunder Rosa versus Britt. No, it's Ty Conti, who is the number one ranked contender for the AEW Women's Championship going up against Dr. Britt Baker on Saturday. But we kind of already know the results, especially after this match with Ty Conti getting a solid win for her team. But we know it's only going to be in a losing effort because the real match, the real money is Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker. And Even just to get want, oh man, I I want I would love Conti to get that belt, man. Love Ty that would be the belt. so much vindication for Ty, dude, because after not only getting released from NXT from being barely being used to being getting TV time to having a title match, a world title match for for that fact, this coming weekend. That is yeah. that is just huge it's leaps and bounds for Ty Conti. And she's over with the crowd. The crowd loves her. She's beautiful. She's great on camera. She has a presence. But now I'm starting to see we're starting to see a little bit more of Ty Conti and what she can really do. And I would love to see her as champion at one time. But you know, just, just an early prediction. I don't think it's gonna happen this weekend. Because the money matches Thunder Rosa and Red Breaker for that title. And they, already, and they really kind of like just shoved her into the pay-per-view itself because on the buy-in, we are going to get a women's tag team match. Uh, and it is going to be uh, Hikaru Shida teaming with Thunder Rosa. And they're going to go against Nyla Rose and somebody else. I couldn't remember. But uh, they're putting Thunder Rosa in on the car too. And Nyla Rose, because they didn't have anything to do with both these ladies, uh, along with Hikaru Shida. So they're going to be on the buy-in, so it's going to be a great way to start off the night for full gear, checking out these four fantastic ladies in this match. Uh, but one match that didn't take that long <laughs> was Wardlow just decimating or, the newly chaotic or, member who is uh, Wheeler Yuta. It was Man. just him getting powerbombed. Like, that, it was uh, just a, a lesson on how to... Just decimate your power bomb, power bomb. Two no. power bombs, three power bombs, four power bombs, and then I need to a face. Bye. Good night. That's the match. <laughs> uh, Tyron Randall, we're going to be jumping into NXT here very shortly. So stick around because we're going to talk about what happened on that show with Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne. Uh, but yeah, we did have that matchup. But dude, the match of the night, man. Tag team match, Mike Seidel and Lena Moriarty going up against Dante (laughs) Martin and Leo Rush. And this match right here, this match right here, you can talk about the Bucks match. You can talk about the Lucha Bros. We know what they can do. We've known what they can do for years. But you know that we have to keep our eye on the evolution of the sport, of the business, and the next players. And three out of the for our four guys that were in this match are definitely showing the evolution of the sport, the evolution of the business. And Dante Martin and Lee Moriarty 
are going to be superstars within the next five to ten years, dude. Right. If you talk about that the four pillars, was insane. If you had the four pillars of you know AEW, if you're talking about like the next people, like those, you know, you have the 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 cornerstones, like the the low bearing pillars mm-hmm. in buildings. If you talk about like the walls and foundations, like what the future is going to be like. It's these four guys, man, because they mm-hmm. showed out. Everybody showed out. And you can tell the crowd was behind Lee Moriarty from the beginning. They're behind Dante Martin. They're behind Matt Seidel because, you know, we know him as Evan Bourne and who he is now. But when Leo Rush got into his bag and he did what he can do in that ring, the crowd had no choice but to get behind him too. Even though he's the heel, they're supposed to be hating him. And they hated him in parts, you know, he, leading up to the match. But in that ring... That man is something special, and it goes to show him alongside the rest of the three guys. Like you give them that platform, all th- all four guys showed out in this match, man. And it it just goes to show like how much talent that you can have. You can have that technical masterpiece to start off the night with Brian Danielson and Rocky Romero, and then you can have this. You can have this nice hybrid style of speed and high flying, and just you know turning it on was, a dime. It was Fantastic. like if you I'm took sure. technical wrestling. And you put the Street Fighter 2 turbo mode on it, bro, and still make it exciting. That's how this match was because it was like technical yet fast. Like it was just so fast that you missed a little bit of the technicalities in there. But just the little details of Leo Rush just just being able to, you know, get out of the way out of this attack, get out of this uh, out of this attack, you know, sprint back that backwards. It was, Leo Rush is a, is a the moth, bro, the man of the hour. Absolutely, man yeah. of the hour. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about this video package, my guy Miro. <laughs> oh yeah, there was no the Miro on TV Miro. other than the. Package. But that's okay. But okay, but it. But it was a really it. freaking good video. <laughs> it's it justified for it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bitch and complain this week about it because now we're getting into the territory where Miro's starting to become an attraction. Okay, yeah. this is the yeah. way I'm looking at it. Okay, the way that they're building Miro for this matchup against uh, Brian Danielson and with this video package that he did it they're making him seem kind of I don't want to I don't want to get in heat and I don't want to get in problems with you guys but this is just my opinion you guys can rip me apart later on but it almost seems that they're kind of making him into like a not a Brock Lesnar he's Brock character, Lesnar. But a, he's the AEW but Brock, Brock Lesnar, Jose. But the Brock Lesnar type character, yeah. right? Yeah. He, yeah. They're making him into an attraction. They're only him bringing him when they really need him. Yeah. This promo that he did was fantastic. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Rico. Miro's winning on Saturday. That, this video, it got me swaying, man. It got me believing. Just like Miro might actually just pull this off. Like, they made him look that devastating, just that maniacal. And you're right. Like, as soon as you started saying you're going to get heat for this, no, I was right there with you. Like, this felt like they're making him that powerhouse, that monster. He is the Brock Lesnar right now of AEW, where you're only bringing him in for these big matches, which is good. This is better than just not having him on TV because now you give him purpose as opposed to just Mm -hmm. having this great talent that you're not utilizing. Now it's okay they're not utilizing them because they're setting them up for only big matches against big people, big feuds. Now it makes sense. Now it doesn't hurt as much when you're not seeing them every day. As long as they give us these tidbits, because he does a fantastic job every single every single time that he grabs that mic and he cuts one of these promos about being the Deemer, you know, the Redeemer, being God's greatest champion, even though it seems like his God has forsaken him. Well, he's going to make his God fear him on Saturday when he sees what he does 
to Brian Danielson. So I'm I'm on the ropes. I haven't completely swayed one way or the other just yet. But if anything took me away from voting for or predicting for uh, Brian Danielson to win this match, it was that video package because that's how yeah. good it was. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It, it was good. It was definitely good. Um, yeah. So then we had the last the, the last matchup of Dynamite, which was also a banger. Hawk versus Dax Axe Hardwood with Tully Blanchard. Pac was able to get the win, man. But this was a hard-hitting match. Very technical. Great opening sequence with the takeovers um, and, and the headlocks, the headlock takeovers, all the stuff that they did at the beginning and then throughout the match with the crazy lariats and just some of the spots that they had. It was a really good story. And it was actually really cool to see Dax in the singles matchup. We always see him in tag team, but in order to be a good tag team specialist, you have to be an exceptional singles competitor. And Dax is an exceptional singles competitor. And he had an amazing banger of a match against Pac, who is one third of the death triangle, who will be facing FTR for the AEW championships this Saturday. So matchup. Did you like it? Did you not like it? I thought this was great, bro. I've thoroughly enjoyed this match too. Just like you said, I that brainbuster. That oh, jeez, it's a, the teardrop yes. brainbuster, as Excalibur <laughs> liked to say. I thought this was great. Another great match. And again, you pointed out, you know, just like you said, we haven't seen you know Dax Harwood or even Cash Wheeler have too many one-on-one you know singles matches. Because they're very you know, proficient in their tag team, so it's good to see them actually display their talents in singles competition, especially against another ta- quality talent in Pac. Uh, but of course, this whole thing was to set up the continuous feud because again, the intertwining uh, intertwining storylines continue because after the match, after Pac uh, submitted Dax Hardwood really quickly, because and they, they did a great job of saying, "Oh no, he tapped out quickly because he wants to save himself for Saturday. He doesn't want to walk into that title match injured." Cash Wheeler came out, started attacking uh, Pac. Also, the lights cut off, and there stands Andrade and Malachi Black just standing there, just looking like some anime villains, and they continue to beat down on Pac, and out comes the Lucha Brothers from the back and Cody Rhodes from the crowd. So then we get this whole big old brawl. Followed by some booze. And then some people were trying to hype up Cody. So, like, it was a whole mixed bag. However, it did get announced that at Saturday, so again, to add more people onto this card, we are going to get a tag team match. It's going to be Pac and Cody going up against Malachi Black and Andrade Lidolo. So again, that's going to be another entertaining match. It's kind of like they're building these matches, kind of like if you're playing uh, Raw versus SmackDown 2007 GM mode. Yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy. They're keeping these feuds, but because there's so much time, instead of just having singles matches, they just combine them together. But it's going to be entertaining because you know, are these people going to get along? So we're seeing that Andrade has really been utilizing, you know, Malachi Black and FTR going up against the Lucha Brothers. But now you're going to have Pac having to team up with Cody Rhodes in order to feed these other guys. So it's going to be one of those interesting, you know, are they going to get along and how everybody's going to play together when this tag team match happens on Saturday? Yeah, man, this card for Saturday is uh, looking real stacked, is looking real good. Uh, but overall, man, how do you how do you rate it this week, oh. uh, EW Dynamite, being that this is Dynamite's go-home show for full gear? This was a really good – this was a really good show. It's a good go-home. I'm going to give it a solid nine. 
Like I just what? I thoroughly I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like you're being generous, bro. I'm generous. We had Brian Danson. The only we only, we even had a backstage segment. So in order to skip time and not drop another promo or take away from the promo that they had last week, we had a backstage brawl segment between CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. Oh, and, that's right. And yeah, that still, was good too. And if you listen, you still hear those jabs that Eddie Kingston keeps throwing at Punk every single time. And Punk is trying to do the same thing, but Eddie is so loud and his voice just carries and it has so much emotion behind it. You didn't have to waste five minutes to have him do a promo again. You have that animosity. You build attention without taking away because you don't want to have that promo and be like, oh, well, this wasn't as good. Like, leave it on that high note that we saw last week. So I give that – that's what gave it a little extra notch because they touch on basically every story beat that's leading into Saturday. You're right. Without You're drawing right. too much onto it. So I thought it was you a know, great I have no issue admitting when I'm wrong. And you're right. You made you made, you made valid points. I completely have forgotten – uh, that segment with uh, with Kingston and Punk, I thought that was fun. I thought that was good, and then the Don Callis thing at the end uh, was good. You know, it was kind of like a WWE thing that you would that see. So um, go home. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give it an eight point five. I I, can't, I just can't do to give to bring to, to give to give it a nine. It, it, it Mira would have had to be there. <laughs> Mira would have had to be there. Something special would have had to happen. Um, you know, so eight, I'm going to go 8.5. It was a good go home show. Don't get me wrong. We'll see what happens on Fridays. If Fridays, um, go home show is a little bit better. Hopefully they can get ratings on Friday night. So we'll see. Uh, but let's jump in to NXT 2.0 guys. Before we do that, as always, make sure you are subscribing, like sharing and subscribing right now. Subscribe. We are on our way to 23,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Go ahead and smash that notification bell so you never miss whenever we drop brand new content. You can watch shows just like this, The Debrief, every Wednesday night, immediately after AEW Dynamite. Friday nights, we got Dirty Dutch Mantel, Sid Polar, SP3, and Rick Uccino covering SmackDown and AEW Rampage on Smack Talk, and then Legion of Raw every Monday night with Dr. Chris Featherstone and Vince Russo. So go ahead and check that out. And we also got daily top stories dropping every afternoon around 6.30 p.m. covering the hottest headlines in the world of pro wrestling. So go ahead and do that. Smash that notification bell. And we got a lot of stuff coming ahead of Full Gear this weekend. So let's jump into NXT 2.0 this week. Uh, pretty fun show. Not too bad. Uh, but the big thing that was announced in this show is war games war games but why <laughs> there's no feud that essentially needs a war games there's no you know huge facts there's not no yet. disputed not era yet. not yet not yet we'll find out yeah three weeks maybe of maybe, maybe the three weeks of a build but maybe we'll get Champa versus Braun Breaker, or you know, Team Breaker versus his Team Champa. I don't know. Uh, NXT 1.0 versus NXT 2.0. That's what I was thinking. You know, like have have team have team black and gold, gold versus team multicolor, team, team paintball. Yeah, team. <laughs> and then the, the women's, at least the women's side, makes more sense, right? Because you're gonna have toxic attraction with Dakota Kai more likely. Versus uh, probably Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Team Ninja. Like that feels like the most. That like, makes here the you most go. Sense. 
for the war games, but just you know what? And we were having this this discussion on Top Story earlier today, and you know, give it time because we still got a couple more weeks. It's December fifth. We got about a month, twenty five days to build this up. So we'll see something get cooked together. And don't forget, you know, NXT two is Raw and SmackDown light. So don't be surprised if you get a storyline all of a sudden put together in the last and the very last episode before the before the pay per view, right? So because that's what happens nowadays on on Raw and SmackDown, you know they'll they'll give you the story, you know, two episodes before the pay per view, like, instead of building it up for weeks and weeks and weeks. It felt like this would have been perfect to do like Diamond Mine versus Hit Row had they actually kept you know all eight people on. NXT 2.0. The only thing I'm worried about on the men's side is how green a lot of these guys are. Like, at least on the women's side, all of those women are very, you know, are very seasoned. You know, they've been around wrestling for a long time, even though, you know, uh, Gigi Dolan and Jason Jane just joined recently in NXT, but they've been wrestling for a lot for a while. Yeah. Everybody else on the other side have been doing it for a while. It's the guy side that's relatively new. So you, that's why I feel like the NXT 1.0 versus 2.0 is going to be the best fit because you can have your Ciampa, you can have Gargano on the same team. Uh, you know, you can have these guys that have been there a little longer, like Dexter Loomis, or come up with something with those guys, as opposed to trying to do, you know, just Braun Breaker or like, you know, Andre Chase, you know, all these new guys that they just brought into NXT to do some of the big spots that they always do every single, you know, War Games match. You That's why you have your Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano or Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa or Pete Dunne do those big spots because they're more, they're more skilled. They're veterans as opposed to having Early all these young gunners. My early prediction. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, for team, for team, for for the new school, for team Braun, team Braun Breaker. It'll probably be Braun. It'll probably be Solo, Odyssey Jones, and maybe Zion Quinn. Well, I would have thought maybe. you would have gone Carmelo Hayes at that point. Oh, oh yeah. Well, Car- well, he's probably gonna have a title match at War Games. I don't think he's gonna be. Um, it- in the war games match per se, unless it's with the way, unless it's with the way, which is what he, him and trick Williams against Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano plus two other guys. That would have been my prediction where you would have uh, Ciampa Gargano because they have history, but they know they can count on each other. Uh, Dexter Loomis because of Gargano with Pete Dunn because Pete Dunn is basically the only other veteran that's like been there for a really long time versus trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes, uh, uh, who did Pete Dunne just have a match with? He just had a match. Uh, he had a match with Carmelo. Carmelo Hayes. Hayes. So it'll be Carmelo Trick, uh, probably like Joe Gacy and even Gunnar Harlan, or like you know somebody else. Or your, uh, I would like Solo Sokoa because that'd be a great place for him. But I feel like that's gonna be the situation, right? Because you have a brand a brand new product, a revamp, but you have yeah. no feud to go with this pay per view, right? Exactly. But we'll like, get there. Yeah, it's like uh, Hell in a Cell. Like Hell in a Cell used to be the culmination of a feud, like Seth Rollins yeah, versus like, Edge, yeah. Great which is story. perfect wow. perfect use yes. of Hell in a Cell as opposed to, oh, we're having a pay-per-view, so we're going to have Hell in a Cell. Who's going to beat it? I don't know. We'll figure it out as it goes. And that's kind of feels exactly. like what is happening. It's going to be a War Games match. Who's going to be in it? You'll see in three weeks. We'll figure it out. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out <laughs> in the next few weeks. All right, man. So the opening matchup on NXT 2.0 was Toxic Attraction, Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane, the three champions, the tag team, and the women's going up against Io Shirai, Casey Catanzaro, and K 
Caden Carter from Team Ninja uh, with Toxic, uh, Toxic Attraction getting a win. But what's interesting what happened after the match, because this led into the very next match, as Kaylee Ray comes out and has a stare down with Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose addresses her later on as she's making her way through the most dangerous part of the CWC, Rico, which is... Oh, that parking lot, man. You got to be careful. That parking, that parking lot. Area, bro. Did, you see, did you see that ride? She's got that beautiful Range Rover, that white Range Rover with those black rims. I don't know if that's hers, but if it's hers, <laughs> good for her. But they're making their way back there. She addresses what Kaylee Ray did and staring on her. She needs to get back to the line and up pulls Raquel Gonzalez. He's like, I'm going to deal with you later. And then she pulls in oh, like all Undertaker, the, pretty much the female Undertaker, go, American badass, La Mexican badass, going into the CWC, in with her motorcycle, calls out Dakota Kai, and Dakota Kai comes out to face off with her just to get a tag behind from Miss... Bro, uh, Cora uh, Jade attacking... Cora, Cora Jade. Yeah, Cora attacking Jade, Dakota, right? Yeah, attacking Dakota Kai from behind. So she's really inserted herself kind of into the, this upper echelon of the women's division, having gotten those sneak wins over... Uh, Mei Ying over Frankie Monet before she got released. And now she here, you know, here she is feuding with Dakota Kai. However, she's going to have to wait a little bit because afterwards, Raquel Gonzalez got into her face. Like, and they basically have an arrangement. It's like, yeah, I know you want her, but she's mine first. So it looks like we're going to have a bit of a, you know, I guess, uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing between Raquel mm-hmm. and Cora Jade going against Dakota Kai. But even Raquel, she, her, the, her focus is kind of divided right now because, yeah, she wants to get back at Dakota Kai. But she's still trying to gun back, you know, get back her AEW Women's Championship against Mandy Rose. Might be AEW, you know, wrong, wrong oh, brand, bro. NXT, brand. NXT <laughs> Women's <laughs> Championship. Bro, come on, man. Sorry, I have AEW in the brain. We just watched it. And it was a better show. Uh, so you know, her focus might be a little too split. She might be biting off a little bit more than she can chew, Jose, because she's, she's kind of all over the place right now, especially in this women's division. But she did. That was a great way of coming in. Uh, looking like uh, Malagrande over here, big evil herself, just rolling up yeah. in that. I just love, motorcycle. I just love how she just, I just love how she just went, she just turns Corrigan around and she's like, Oye, chiquita, I know that you want a piece of her, but I'm going to get her first. Like, wow. But, but in, in Raquel's defense, everyone's chiquita next to Raquel, right? Everyone, <laughs> everybody's chiquita next to Everyone is Chiquita next to Raquel. Uh, but, yeah, so Kaylee Ray had that matchup. But, be, be, you know, I know we got a little bit distracted on what happened because yeah, just Ray. everything just kind of connected perfectly. But Kaylee Ray did have and a match Saray. against Saray. Kaylee got the win on there. I wasn't really expecting Saray. Even Saray has been doing well, but I wasn't really expecting for her to get a win over Kaylee Ray, the longest uh, NXT UK women's champion in mm-hmm. NXT UK history. Uh, but we get get to see the Creed brothers from Diamond Mine going up against the newly formed team of Jacket Time of Kushida and Jiro. But that Jacket Time was not enough because the Creed brothers got a most dominating win against Jacket Time. Yeah. Jacket Time just... Like, Kushida's just so good. And it just kind of sucks. It, it's like he's kind of just floating around in just jobber sphere right now. They're helping put over the key, the Creed brothers are trying to make Diamond Mine feel very dominant and, you know, just 
really making their way into the NXT 2.0 sphere, but it's just and it just I don't know. I'm just not sold, man. I'm not sold on yeah, Diamond Mine. I'm not sold on Jacket Time right now. They're a great team and they have the most charisma. Like these guys are enjoyable to watch, but it, they're stuck in this kind of feud here in this holding pattern with Diamond Mine. And other than that, like Roderick Strong doesn't have anything built either heading into War Games. Like they're not doing anything with that NXT Cruiserweight division. They it just had it one just match with Ivy now, and that was it. They just like, announced it, Rico. It's like it's like it just, they just announced it. Give it, give it a week. We'll probably get in a better direction of where it's going. Give it some time. I beg of you. I beg of you, Rico, and I beg of everyone that's watching right now. Please give it some time. Don't be so crude. They just had a revamp on the brand. Who's in line for the title now? Because Grayson Waller, he Grayson Waller challenged him. But now he in this triple threat feud right now with L.A. Knight, yeah, and Solo Sokoa, who we saw this triple threat. Poor L.A., man. L.A. eating the pins, bro. A megastar. So there's really nobody challenging Roderick Strong, but then you have this match where you have three incredibly talented guys, and all it was was to set up Solo Sokoa to really show that he can work up in the streets. So three men walk out, one man leaves. And the only two people in that matchup that way 205 is Solo and maybe Grayson Waller. Waller. LA Knight does not, does not weigh 205. Yeah, no. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> uh, we had Electra Lopez going up against Erica Yan. It looks like we had some debuts tonight. So Erica Yan, uh, the little upstart there um, tonight going up against Electra. La Madrina gets the win. Electra calls out Zion Quinn. Asking him to join Legado del Fantasma, but declined. Then Mendoza and Wild decide to attack him from behind, but he puts them both in his place while pulling off a dance move with La Madrina. And you know what? A La Madrina le gustó. The Madrina liked it. So is that his thing now? Is he a dancer? Is he is hey. he like the new Fandango? Is that is that hey. what's happening now? Hey, you. Hey, step, step, step. is it Quindango? <laughs> is it Quindango? That's I'm gonna call him Quindango until he stops dancing. He's Quindango. But hey, I mean, if you're gonna do, uh, if you're gonna try to use that, you know, to win anybody over, Fandango. it's Alexa Lopez. So it's not Fandango, Rigo. It's Fandango. Quindango. Gotcha. Quindango. <laughs> <laughs> but where's Santos, man? Where in the world is Santos Escobar? I have no idea, dude. I have no idea where Santos is. This is what the second week in a row that we haven't seen Santos. Because we didn't see him last week either, right? Because we had the backstage segment with with Electra and Zion. And now we have Electra and Zion again. So maybe they're just doing an angle with both of them. And then Santos is probably going to come back and try to get like the, him versus, oh, you, you, you disrespected uh, La Madrina of Legado and probably have a matchup. So well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that seems that seems the most likely scenario. And then, just like you said, we had the introduction of Erica Yan. We had the second match of Ru Fang gotten just beaten down by Cameron Grimes. But this was all to set up, of course, the confrontation once again of Duke Hudson, who came out during the match. Which this is the first time I enjoy this that somebody came out to interfere, like to distract. But the person in the ring didn't get distracted. Cameron Grimes like looked at him was like. Okay, and then he went about his business, still be Rufang, and then he had you know the confrontation with Duke Hudson afterwards, where essentially Duke was upset because he thought he felt he got played. He probably did. 
uh, saying that your camera grabs was there. You're just talking to ladies. You weren't paying attention. You weren't looking at the cars, but you wound up being lucky and you're winning. Now, I have to know, like, did you pull one over on me? Like, do you know how to really play poker? And camera grabs, he's like, yeah, you got played. And then, of course, this is me. I might be a hick. Bro, uh, what's this new catchphrase now that, that he started saying? He said it twice in that promo, too. Well, I know he said something about kiss my grits. He didn't say he didn't say too much about to the moon. No, he he was um he was unleashing another. Uh, it feels like it's another one. Uh, and so we have another Cameron Grimes catchphrase, basically. But this led Duke Hudson challenging Cameron Grimes to a poker showdown in the ring next week. So I don't know exactly how a poker showdown is going to be portrayed. In I don't think we've ever had a poker showdown in wrestling. Have we ever had a poker showdown in wrestling, Rico? No. In any wrestling, WCW, WWE, ECW. I've never seen one in AEW. I know AEW is like big on casinos and they have a lot of casino know, teams, gambling, but, they but they've never had a, an, an active poker showdown in the middle of the ring. What does that exactly mean? Can you hit your opponent with a poker chip? Can you hit him with the briefcase? Or is it just a card game that's going to end up with somebody being hurt at the end of that card game? Which that I think right. is the latter. Yeah, I think. and Ricky Castillo said it best. Uh, the closest thing we got to poker in WWE was Farouk and Bradshaw backstage. The APA playing them cards backstage. That is a poker hand. I would, that's a poker table I'd like to join at any point. Just Farouk and Bradshaw just drinking some beers and playing some cards. I'd be all about that. <laughs> oh man well speaking of uh of beers and uh hanging out with bradshaw and getting into some fights there pete dunn who's known to be the baddest man in nxt picked up a fight with the a champion the north american champion carmelo hayes they got on a one-on-one with pete dunn getting the win with a little help from dexter loomis and johnny gargano dexter loomis was on the outside caught the distraction from trick williams taking out trick williams while carmelo was distracted by Trick Williams getting taken out, Gargano comes through the curtain of the, the drape of the side of the ring, reaches out, and holds onto Carmelo's ring, causing the distraction for Pete Dunn to go ahead and hit his finisher to get the win on the North American champion. Then both of them with the thumbs up. Uh, funny ending, but does this mean that we're going to get a triple threat match? Carmelo, Johnny, and... um. MP done for the North American title because he got a pin on the on, on the champion. So this is just a way to keep Carmelo looking strong because that way he doesn't need the pin. Um if he loses, if he ends up losing, which I don't think he will. But what what's your think? What do you think on this one? I wouldn't be surprised if they have a title match coming up soon, but I think it might lead up to that war games match, I guess. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think the war games <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Just put, you know, see if Hit Row, if Hit Row would have stuck around in NXT, Hit Row with with Carmelo and Trick, that would have been a great a great team right there. You could have done with so much more, but right now it really feels like you know Pete Dunn, Gargano, Dexter Loomis, and Ciampa versus Braun Trick. Uh, Carmelo Hayes and insert fourth member. Like it doesn't really matter. Uh, that's kind of what it feels like, or there's essentially leading up to. Uh, oh yes, yeah, that's I, what was, I know. Cameron Grimes holds it down. Holds it down. I was like, Cameron Grimes holds it down. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Holds uh, it down. He holds it down. <laughs> holds it yeah, down. you're right. 
Uh, you know, just be patient. I know we, they just announced it yesterday. Okay, they just announced it that we're getting war games. I, dude, you're like the third person I've talked to today that feels the same exact way to you. And I have to, and I have to kind of reel you guys in because they literally announced it 24 hours ago. Okay, so now that we have an official date, now we can build up to it. So. In the words of Andrade or Naito, tranquilo. It's just, it's gone so <laughs> main roster. Because the biggest thing, Jose, every single time there was a feud. It was Undisputed Era with somebody or they were fighting. And out comes William Regal. It's like, there's only one way we can settle this. War games! It's like, of course, Adam Cole with the face sells it every single time. But this is the first time in these last three years that it's not a feud that leads to war games. It's a war games that's going to lead to a feud with a brand new debuted NXT 2.0. And it's so hard to get behind it when it made so much sense. Undisputed Arab versus any four people, they will tell a great story. But now it's like, hey, we're going to freaking pick eight people to be in this match and... We'll find out what happens in three weeks because at this point, I'm pretty sure it's just Shawn Michaels is going to figure it all out on himself. So I'm sure he will. Maybe he'll <laughs> call Hunter at home and be like, "Hey, uh, Hunter, uh, what should I do for the main event? Uh, you should put these guys and these guys. Yeah, uh, I think that works. Braun Breaker by himself versus everybody in the versus the entire world. Just put just put a battle royal." And make, just put over Braun Breaker at the end. As long as Braun Breaker stands tall, that's all that matters. <laughs> but yes, it's right. You were giving it a seven. Yeah, go I ahead. I was going to say, as you were telling me to be patient, and I'll, I'll try to give it, you know, let it, give it some time to breathe and give it some time to develop. How do you feel this this week's NXT was? Um, it wasn't the strongest. I, but you know, it had some cool matches here and there. There was a lot of there was some more debuts that we saw this week. Um, especially with the announcement of of war games, I think this should have been the episode where you started building up towards more war games with the announcement being made. And I think that was a little bit of a missed opportunity. I did find some some funny things in there. The Andre Chase segment that oh. was hilarious. I think that was funny. The closing segment with Dexter and Johnny Gargano that was funny. Uh, but again, there's no major implications. There's nothing, you know, noticeable. There's nothing that has a significant value for me to watch the next show. But now with the announcements of NXT War Games, now I do have to watch the next show and figure out, okay, well, what's the storyline? What what's the angle going into this match? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't. It was okay. It wasn't that great. I'm gonna go about maybe six point five this week. Yeah, that feels about right. <laughs> I was gonna 5. say six, 6.5. 6.5. plus plus Braun, Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa were overseas in NXT, uh, uh doing the UK Do video tour thing over there. Yeah. yeah, so we got a video segment from both Braun and Ciampa, but they weren't in the actual show, so I think that didn't help either. Uh, for me, what kind of brought it down was a the MSK segment. Still no idea exactly what they're aiming for. They keep alluding to Ridge Valley Drive and, you know, the flight being at 420. 
So they kind of keep alluding to the uh, supplies that Rumble, they have. Man. They keep alluding to a little bit of, you know, some uh, some medication that they keep talking about. It still doesn't have any payoff. And then what the hell is going on with Gri- Grizzled Young Veterans? And then it's 420 miles away. 420 miles away, yeah, bro. Uh, but what's going on with Grizzled Young Veterans? Like, they've never had a, an issue with distracting the referee in any of the matches that they've ever had in NXT UK. But apparently they have to do some urban training now where they have to distract somebody to steal their, their phone so they can order some food from, you know, DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever. Uh, why? You they, see? You see? The, 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 what does that have to do with anything? Like, it was a point. It was a waste of time. Like, these mm-hmm. guys are too incredibly talented. Like, put them in a match and show them whether they, you know, try to distract the referee, but it doesn't work. And they get caught and they get disqualified. And then they get better. Like, if you're going to tell that kind of story, do it in the ring. Because that's where these guys thrive. This little segment made no sense at all. And but then, you know what? They're trying to get personality out of these out of these new talents and trying to – because you could be the greatest performer in the ring. You can put on a five-star match. But, you know, in WWE, if you can't cut a promo, if you can't get on the microphone and keep people engaged for five minutes – you dunskies. But that's why they can keep them engaged in the in the ring. Mike-wise, they, they're solid on the mic. We all know Liverpool's number one and is soon to be recognized as the next team to job out to everybody else in the tag team division. But to me, that segment didn't make sense. And then we had Tony D'Angelo. Hey, yo, Indy, you know, once I'm done with your boy, Dexter Loomis, you know, you're going to be back on the market. But, hey, I got a, a little sum for you to give to him. And he hands her a dead fish that Dexter Loomis is going to be sleeping with the fishes. So I get it. They're building characters and they're giving personality, but some of them are hits and some of them are misses. And to me, this was a miss. Andre Chase was a hit. Like that's taken over as a new comedy segment over the whole, you know, Dexter and Andy thing. Like I'm enjoying Andre Chase and what he's doing now. So at least that's entertaining. But otherwise, like, we have Boa that's apparently new, the new mate, uh, the new Tian Shaw, I guess, taking over. I think the, she fused. I think she fused her, over him. I think they, yeah. Fusion Dance did it. Fusion. Oh, no. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that and, happened against Joe Grace. And, so, yeah. and, it's, and it's, it's not Boa anymore. It's Moa. Oh, no. <laughs> Maying and Boa. But I, I, don't know. I, don't know, I don't know where it's going. Um, yeah, again, they should have started building up for war games, especially since they announced it. Uh, but we'll find out what happens in the next three weeks, guys. Yes, um, guys, as always, remember to subscribe to the channel. We are all well on our way over 23,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. And that is thanks to you guys. I appreciate you guys following us, showing the support every single day, every single week. We really appreciate you guys. Make sure you are following us on our socials, Jose G Official and Rico El Glorioso. Also follow us on our Recons of Wrestling show. That's every Thursday night at 8 p.m. on our YouTube channel and also in our Facebook channel. Uh, We've got tons of content dropping this week ahead of AEW's Full Gear. We have the Prediction Show with SP3 and Kenny Bolin. We also have the Post Show coming up Saturday night immediately after the pay-per-view with Kevin Kellum. Rick Uccino and Jeremy Bennett, they're going to be giving you in-depth analysis on what went down on full, at Full Gear Saturday night. So we got tons of stuff. The only way you can keep up with it, you got to hit that notification bell and subscribe button 
so that way you never miss whenever we drop brand new content, guys. So that's it for tonight, guys. For Rico El Glorioso, I'm Jose G. Remember when you're watching wrestling, Rico, what's the most important thing they has to do? Enjoy it. Enjoy wrestling. Yeah, let's go. Good night, guys.